You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. Welcome, 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 welcome on in to the latest episode of the Off-Air Podcast. Chris Thomas joined, as always, by the head. Honcho, Mike Conti, and Mike, we had ourselves a weekend here in Atlanta. The Hawks continue to give us the drama, and we have some Super Bowl shenanigans to recap. But first and foremost, how was your Super Bowl Sunday? It was good. Uh, you know, a, a, a very laid back, very chill. Uh, just at home by myself with my wife and, uh, she fell asleep in the second quarter. So it was really, oh, no. yeah, I, I could concentrate on the game. Like I, I usually don't get invited to Super Bowl parties, uh, for one of two reasons. Um, the people at work, I think they, they don't want me to, to be at their Super Bowl party because you never want to invite the boss. Like you just don't want to do that when, when you, um, when you have a party among people who you work with, you end up talking about work the whole time. And I don't know, uh, you just, you never want the boss there. Uh, and then for my non work, um, you know, circle of friends, I just, I talk too much during the game and, uh, no one really likes having me around. So, um, the last couple of years I've been watching the Super Bowl kind of by myself and it's been great. I've been able to concentrate and, um, you know, I get to pay attention to all facets of the broadcast because no one in the room is talking or distracting me or anything like that. I can pick the food I want. It's it's just, it's wonderful. So, yeah, uh, good experience. How about you? What uh, did you have fun? What did you end up doing? Yeah, uh, I went to a local watering hole down the street for me. Living in Midtown, my options are plentiful. Yeah. Um, I was considering doing a bar hop just to get a kind of different feel for the different bars around Midtown. But I kind of settled in and found my little corner of the room. And so so I'm kind of the same way. Like, I'm really into the football game. And at any given bar, there's maybe 25% of people are there for the game. 25% are there to just hang out with friends and casually pay attention. 25% are there just for the commercials and the halftime. And then the other 25% are just going because their friends are going and they could care less about any of it. Exactly. So, so with that mix in there, I, I tend to just gravitate towards where the TVs are, where the beer is, and just and just watch the game. But yeah, same thing. I I enjoyed sort of being locked in. Um, I don't like the distractions either. I'm that it's the best game of the year, or at least it's supposed to be. So if you have somebody you know, making a, making a mess of a situation every 30 seconds that doesn't care about the game. You're like, this guy over here needs to leave, but it's not my house, so I can't kick him out. So that's sort of my theory on Super Bowl parties. They're they're a bit overrated. Where, um, was the bar you went to crowded? Because oh, to yeah. be honest, yeah. I don't really associate the Super Bowl as being a big um, – you know, bar watching experience. I feel like it's more of a, a house and, and condo and apartment type deal than, um, you know, actually going to a watering hole. Yeah, I think because of where I live, that dynamic's a little bit different yeah. because you have all the, the city folk 
that are here that are like me that maybe don't have a car or don't have the easiest way to travel. So Peachtree Street was was popping, as the kids say, Mike. It was it was a really good it was a really right. good time. We'll get we'll get back into the Super Bowl in just a minute, but I do want to talk about our Atlanta Hawks because they had themselves quite an interesting weekend. And I know at least for myself, being on the air on Saturday afternoon after the story broke on Friday night that the trade for Sadiq Bay was in jeopardy because of a failed physical by Gary Payton II. It certainly gave us a lot of fodder to talk about, which was fun. But, Mike, I'm not going to lie. It was a little confusing, and trying to decipher some of the stuff with limited information was left some of us kind of scatterbrained. Yeah, and the, the reason why the information was limited is there's really only so much that the Hawks could have explained because the holdup wasn't really on their end. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was two or three steps behind the, the Hawks getting Sadiq Bay. Um, so, yeah, kind of an interesting story. When, when I got to the arena on Saturday to do the pregame show, my sources told me kind of unanimously that uh, they thought that Sadiq Bay was going to end up with the Hawks and that Portland was probably going to be penalized, but uh, they were going to find a way to make it work, that Golden State was not going to, uh, you know, essentially reverse the trade and force teams to take back players that they had already traded. So I don't know if there was quite as much drama uh, as may have appeared on Saturday morning, like when I'm I'm seeing tweets trade in serious jeopardy and and using language like that. I mean that that's a tad dramatic. I don't know if it ever really got to that point, just based on what my sources told me. But an interesting story. And I think it goes back to something we've talked about uh, a lot here on this podcast, Chris, is that you can never really predict what is going to control the news cycle when you're about to do your show right like when, when you were planning out your show um you, you know maybe thursday first part of friday uh i'm guessing you were probably assuming that the sadiq bay thing was going to be confirmed and that there'd be enough time for everyone on this radio station to react to it it, it might have been something you talked about but it probably wouldn't be something that you'd spend quite a bit of time on no. Uh, it just goes to show you that the news cycle is undefeated and that there's always going to be a surprise that that's around the corner. And we as hosts and producers need to kind of adapt to that and be ready to, to be flexible because our listeners were coming to us on Saturday, wanting information on what was going on there and wanting an explanation. It was probably very difficult for you. And then, um, you know, the dopies who were on after you, to explain it because the amount of information that we had on it was rather limited. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting. It was like a develop, you know, anything that resembles a soap opera is always good for us and good to talk about. Yeah. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, the drama of sort of, will they, won't they, will he be here? Won't they be, won't he be here was a fun angle to talk about. But, you know, like you said, I was coming in hot, ready to talk about the Super Bowl. And then all, of, and then all of a sudden, you know, you see something that I I can't remember happening at, at least recently. Something something like this. I mean, there's been instances in the NBA where, for one reason or another, a trade that you thought was going to go through falls apart. But for one team being alleged to have kept information about injuries and 
uh, allegations of Tordal shots and things of that nature. It provided a whole nother level for it. So it was really interesting to talk about. And uh, yeah, it sort of was always in the back. As, as we were breaking down the Super Bowl, I had guests on locally, guests on nationally. Uh, it was always when you're resetting the show and resetting the conversation. It was, oh, hey, don't forget that, you know, this player that the Hawks were looking to count on to be one of their main cogs off the bench for the rest of the season might not be coming here. And it's for a pretty absurd reason once all the details are coming in. So it was, uh, it made for some drama, which is always good for sports radio. Yeah. I don't, again, like I said, I, I don't, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Didn't mean to talk over the sound effect there. I, I don't know if it was quite as dramatic as maybe it was painted to be by some folks in the national media on Saturday, but it's still, it still was something that we absolutely had to pay attention to. Yeah, exactly. And now everything is good. Everyone can relax. He will be here. Hopefully playing. The, we're recording this on Monday. Hopefully he will suit up tonight. Undoubtedly. He could have played on Saturday. I mean, he was ready to go. That was the awkward thing. Like, he's he's sitting on the bench. He's in the locker room. The Hawks have announced the trade and confirmed it, but he can't play. Uh, they didn't need him on Saturday, fortunately, but uh, it was just, it was awkward. It, it's, I've never really seen that before with the team that I'm covering where, um, you know, everything's in place, players in town, he's taking a picture with his new Jersey on and everything. In fact, I think the Hawks tweeted that last night, ironically during the Super Bowl, and it's just <laughs> a, a little bit of advice, unsolicited advice. Um, if you're not one of the teams playing in the actual Super Bowl, you may just want to give your social media staff a couple hours off mm. during the Super Bowl because nothing you tweet out is going to be noticed. Uh, and the Hawks, they put out this photo of Sadiq Bay in a Hawks jersey during the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, I think when the game was tied at 35. Um, I'm, I'm going to imagine the engagement on that post is probably not what they wanted it to be. Yeah, we, we call that getting buried in the algorithm. That yep. is uh, unfortunate. All right, guys in our hall, pick it up. You're better than this. We know that. All right, now we will officially transition.